Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Today, let's reflect a bit on the relationship between technology companies and our government, particularly large tech companies such as Google and Facebook and Apple and Microsoft and Twitter, and some others that aren't everyday names to many folks, such as Oracle, soon to be the new home of TikTok, according to Mr. Trump. So what is the relationship between these two very large parts of our current everyday lives? One could be forgiven for saying that the relationship is problematic, sometimes bordering on schizophrenic, at least from the government side. For example, a day seldom goes by without some congressperson or other, or even more likely, someone in the executive branch with an overly active Twitter thumb screaming about something that appeared on a social media site, or something that was taken down from a social media site, or something that wasn't taken down that a government official thinks should have been removed. But just what is the authority for government officials making such statements? Where in the law, where in the Constitution, does it say that government should have the power to monitor and essentially censor social, or any other kind of media? That is a question that government officials don't seem to be very able to answer coherently. Is the internet, for example, a utility like radio or television service that can be regulated by the Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC? It doesn't seem so. The current chair of the FCC, Mr. Ajit Pai, and the Republican majority on the FCC have reversed the Obama administration determination that the internet is a utility that can and should be regulated, and so the FCC essentially has no power over what travels over the internet at present. The trope has constantly been that in our supposed free market economy, the market will decide how the internet should be used, and the private sector will provide all the innovation needed to make the internet even greater, absent government interference. And this position has been scripture for the past three years. Except now it doesn't seem to be anymore, because some things are apparently being said on the web that Mr. Trump and his followers don't like. To remedy that situation, Mr. Trump has sent a request to the FCC asking the FCC, which has for years said that it has no jurisdiction over content on the internet, to investigate content on the internet. So there's that. There's also pressure on social media companies to pull down, quote, disinformation that is placed on the web by outside actors who are trying to affect our elections. Facebook alone has closed over 7,000 accounts just in the past few weeks, which have been shown to have originated in Russia and which have been trying to get us Americans at one another's throats something that these days we don't seem to need any help to do. Let's take a moment and see where we are. On the one hand, we're supposedly a free market economy that encourages private technology actors to innovate and to prosper, and that includes communication companies. The Internet, unlike the spectrum for broadcast radio and television, is not limited, which is the reason there is an FCC in the first place to allocate spectrum space and ensure it's being used, as the Communications Act of 1934 put it, to serve, quote, 
the public interest, convenience, and necessity. End quote. But since the internet is not limited by finite spectrum space, say the current majority members of the FCC, there's really no reason for the FCC to provide any oversight or regulation. And then there's the messy First Amendment that protects freedom of speech. Both of those facts, one made up by the FCC, one the core of what America is, are proving very inconvenient for government officials who want to control what gets said on the web. Meanwhile, there's another amendment that gives a lot of government officials heartburn, the Fourth Amendment, which protects Americans from unreasonable searches and seizures of their personal information. But some government officials charged with policing in one way or another want access to pretty much any personal information they can get their hands on, which, in their eyes, might be useful to help solve crimes. And of course, there are terabytes, petabytes, and whatever are even larger bytes, amounts of information that are collected in our digital age. The pesky Fourth Amendment, however, even stretched out of shape beyond what the founders could have imagined in favor of the government as it is today, does still provide some limits on what information the government can collect and store about its citizens. What then are government officials to do? Well, how about using taxpayer money to purchase from private commercial companies the information that government agencies are prohibited by the Bill of Rights from collecting on their own? Well, of course, why didn't we think of that? Except that government agencies from the FBI to Immigration and Customs Enforcement and a raft of other federal and even state agencies are already doing exactly that every day. Can't put automated license plate readers surreptitiously on roads beyond 100 miles from U.S. borders? That is, if you're Customs and Border Protection under U.S. law. No problem. Just buy that information from commercial providers that aren't subject to the limits of the Fourth Amendment. Can't legally scrape people's private facial photos to create a national database for facial recognition software use? No problem. Simply buy the hundreds of millions of images of Americans amassed by Clearview AI, currently one of the most criticized tech companies in the world. Schizophrenia, anyone? On the one hand, commercial firms should be allowed to do what government can't do because of fast eroding constitutional protections, and that can be a great help to government. On the other hand, when sometimes the same firms enable people to express opinions that government officials don't like, those firms need to be reined in and regulated. It's not easy being a private company these days that collects a lot of data and does so by letting people express themselves online. Providing that information to government when government wants it without having to deal with the Bill of Rights is just fine. But not policing the content that appears on these services the way the government wants content to be policed is a big problem. Those relationships between tech companies and government exist in a murky world these days. And we'll do our best to see what relationships we can sort out or at least bring to light, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music